You're listening to the Jim Mint Podcast by GFNF. Your weekly breakdown of sports cards, hobby news, and everything in between. And everything in between. Here's your hosts, Jake and Nico. Yo, what is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Jim Mint by GFNF. We are on to episode 19, almost a 20. It is May 25th. What is going on, Jake? Much. 62 days until the National. Wow, you're, you're ready this time. <laughs> or, or did you remember it was 69 last week? I just know, I just remember that it was uh, it's the 27th and it's the 25th today, so I just did 60 plus 2. That's just, that's just elite math. Yeah, it's just a quick mental math. Always yeah. sharp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel good about. It. I feel good about it. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, halfway through the week, you know, then like a little little Wednesday mental math. Um, yeah, well, our mental capacity strain is. It's been a busy week. Yeah, yeah, it has been. Uh, let's let's hop into some of the retail rundown um, from this past week. Uh, Target. Uh, there was a Sunday drop. It was like Prism. Uh, it's, first of all, this product dropped like like the hobby dropped months ago at this point. Um, yeah, Prism Soccer. They dropped Megas, Blasters, and I think Fat Packs. Um, Megas were like 50 bucks, but I mean, you can get a hobby box for like 200 So I don't really, there's really no profit or anything there, just kind of like a personal item. Um, no target drop at all this week. I don't think we were expecting one. Um, so nothing, nothing out of the ordinary there. Walmart right. skipped this week for like the first time in what seems like forever. Yeah. Um, I guess because they, I mean, they didn't really drop anything last week, so. Maybe it's for the better. It also could just be that there's a holiday coming up. Uh, maybe they didn't want to deal with that logistics nightmare. Um, I got to be honest with you. After today, I'm glad they did. Yeah, oh. needed, needed a breather. <laughs> yeah. So we did get um, probably one of the biggest uh, baseball releases of the year, um, 2022 Bowman Sapphire. So we saw 2021 Bowman Chrome Sapphire uh, a couple weeks ago now. Um mm-hmm which was uh, just kind of a product out of left field that we really weren't expecting to see. Um, worked out for everyone because the boxes ended up having four color hits instead of two that it said on the box. Uh, but this this time around, we had 2022 Bowman Sapphire, which has one prospect auto in it. Um, retailed at 199 we did get Montgomery Club. So shout out to the 582 access on that. Yep, so one box. And then uh, they did do a public release today. Uh, I, th- I think everyone in the group pretty much pretty like, pretty much demolished it. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, shout out to you and uh, and Matt. You guys were absolutely <laughs> destroying <laughs> um, destroying the the drop. So uh, I mean, prices are sitting at around three hundred or above. Yeah. Um, I, I, like one of the easiest products to hold. Uh, smaller auto checklist, smaller checklist in general. Uh, heavy hitter. Uh, you know, class here, uh, kind of lower price point, kind of just has everything you want um, in the a only product. Bowman product. Yeah, the only Bowman Sapphire release of the three to have a guaranteed auto or autos at all for that matter. But Yeah, and the thing with Bowman, to, with Sapphire at least, um, is you don't have to, and I'm just going to knock on wood because we haven't seen it yet, you don't have to worry about uh, redemptions. Right. All the autos are live. So you don't have to worry about it. It's something that kind of kills holding products like 2019 uh, Topps Chrome Sapphire with Tatis. His auto's a redemption. 
And uh, I actually just saw this pop back up uh, on the Twitter timeline. Some dude pulled the red auto. Yeah. And it was five weeks expired, and they did not give him the card. So you got to know, you got to know someone. I've heard a workaround around that, but yeah, they're yeah, they definitely don't want to take care of that. Yeah, so just to avoid that, and it's, you know, when you're holding wax like that, it's definitely good to take that into consideration when the biggest hit uh, is redemption. That's not gonna. It's like I'll tell you this. Yeah. If I pulled that card and they said no, my new address where I'm living is whatever their address is in Scranton, PA. Yeah, there's I'm, no I'm chance I'm not that. getting that card. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so pretty good overall drop uh, on tops. The site's like, it seems like they're making some updates. In regards to infrastructure, it doesn't seem that bad. Um, there was manual oh, success. Yep. Um, I mean, relative to, we didn't see the queue pop up, which is kind of weird. Um, usually when their traffic gets heavy, the queue pops up, but it didn't this time around for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's, I think, I think soccer Sapphire yeah. would be the next uh, UEFA. thing. Yeah. UEFA soccer. Um, Otherwise, I think we might be might be on a little slow roll with tops um, for a little bit, which is not a bad thing, unless we get Series Two First Edition, which is po- also possible. We're tops growing First Edition. I would say there's no way, but then again, it's yeah, probably. Who yeah, knows? Probably. Um, in store, uh, pretty big, honestly, big news. Um, MJ Holdings is out as Walmart's restocker. Uh, there's a new company that's taking over. So all the people that had uh, in-store in connections, uh, now no longer do. So they make new one or, yeah. uh, the way around it. May the best bidder win. <laughs> um, I remember so, there was a time, I, I'm sure you saw these posts, but there were people looking to buy MJ Holdings, uh, polos oh, yeah. and shirts and stuff and trying to imitate stockers. Uh, what a yeah. wild time. There was, was a couple stores, like a couple hours, like maybe like an hour away from me that like dudes legitimately just would like, as a group sprint to the back of the Walmart and like, just grab the shit and dip. So I, yeah. And that's, I think then the next week they were in the, the the cards are in the cages behind the, <laughs> behind the counter, yeah. like a bunch of animals. That'll do it. Um, I think that's pretty much it for the retail rundown. A lot going on in the hobby. Um, mm-hmm. We did touch on leaf uh, filing a suit against a player uh, for, for not fulfilling, um, you know, signed cards. And it ended up being my Dallas Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb, who boy. quickly scribbled his uh, signature that just looks like an oval uh, on all the cards and sent it back. So that $100,000 lawsuit, which is like peanuts uh, right. for a first-round pick in the NFL, um, I guess just you know whipped him into shape. And, and he was like, ah, I don't want to pay the 100000 So he he, uh, he he signed the card, sent him back. Um Leaf, the Leaf CEO made it sound like he like just like did some crazy act of uh, you know heroism for for the hobby by doing this. Yeah. Um, I'm like not many people are waiting for their CD Lamb Leaf uh, Leaf Metal autos, but I don't know. Maybe they are. Seems a little extreme, but I don't, I mean it's ridiculous that a company you know is going to file a law. I mean it almost costs more than that to fight them on it over the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another cool thing, uh, Up North Collectors, who's been a pretty long-standing uh, YouTube show here in the hobby. It's father and son up in Michigan. Um, tons of followers. They they announced that their latest video. They're starting a card shop over there, which is cool. So um, some of these content creators we've seen 
Um, obviously not on the scale of, of some of the bigger people in the hobby, like Logan Paul getting into Pokemon and, and some of these other people we see Drake ripping flawless cases with Ken Golden. But these guys are, are very cool hobby father and son and, and they're at the national every year, but they're starting a card shop, which is cool. That's cool to see. Yeah. seems like everyone was starting card shops over the past year. So, um, yeah. But we should. We could definitely. We could start one of Bowman Sapphire boxes. Pro- yeah, probably. I don't know how many customers we would get. We probably get a little dry in the inventory, but we, we definitely could. One thing, one <laughs> Sapphire. Um, pretty, pretty cool. Um, kind of story here. The the highest graded copy of the thirty three. Uh, oh my god! I always pronounce it wrong. Gaudi. Gaudi. It's like Fody. The 19, <laughs> 1933 Gaudi Babe Ruth uh, sold for a cool 2.7 million. So, uh, is it PSA eight or is it BGS eight? PSA eight. PSA eight. That's an insane grade for a card that is creeping on 100 years old. Um, that did unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. Um, something a little bit more from this uh, this this realm of the world. Uh, a Tom Brady. Uh, one of one, or what was thought to be one of one, uh, 2000 Fleer Showcase sold at auction. Um, but PSA has another one graded. So, wh- I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like, th- is there, was there like a replacement or something that got into so circulation? What they, what they said in the article was that it was common practice for, uh, well, it was PWCC that found the one of one card apparently through connections, but. Um, someone anonymous that wanted to remain anonymous went to them uh, with another rookie card that was labeled 101 and, and that same thing, and they found out it was the same one. So the first one that, that PWCC had was BGS graded, and then obviously they found out that through the pop count and this guy coming to him with it that PSA had one. Um, I don't... The, 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 the BGS version was bought in 2005 for $2,000, which is wild, a 101 Brady. But... What they said was it was common practice back then for uh, FLIR. Okay, so so it says FLIR Showcase confirmed that the card manufacturers printed multiple 101 cards while working on the production, which seems weird. That, that, that would yeah. kind of negate the whole 101. <laughs> 101 kind of. Um, yeah, 101 a little bit. Yeah, okay. That's pretty interesting. I didn't know if this was the like a case where um, someone sent it in for grading and they were like, whoa, whoa, we have this graded already. But no, yeah. someone actually literally has another card um it's a two of one yeah they help <laughs> two of one uh doesn't see i mean that's not that extreme i don't really think it probably hurts the value that much i mean um, i would assume i would assume maybe even some some companies do print multiple one-on-ones one to keep you know in case they're ha- they have to replace it or some sort of you know printing damage to it but yeah. to have them both in circulation someone screwed something up did the guy that won this at auction know there was another one out there before he won no. this for four hundred thousand no. dollars? Yeah, no, he did not. Ooh. I wonder if he could be like, nah, just kidding, I'm not buying it. The Brady Brady stuff has a tendency of that. Didn't we have a, a the Brady last touchdown football sold? Oh, well, that was a special case. He legitimately like screwed that guy over. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't fair. And then he offered him a bitcoin after he spent what like eight hundred grand or something yeah. on that ball. Yeah. <laughs> Um, nice of them. Yeah, uh, eBay—they just seem to be just doing everything. Um, yeah. They're getting into the NFT business uh, in a partnership with Wayne Gretzky. Um, do you know a little bit about this, or 
Yeah, so basically, um, it's their NFTs of Wayne Gretzky. So Wayne Gretzky oh. partnered with them. Um, and it's going to be 13 total limited edition collectibles. So their Web3 platform called One Of, um, or Two Of, if you're talking about the Brady card, but One Of um, 3D animated Gretzky stuff. So okay. I uh, they, this One Of company apparently is planning multiple series of sports NFTs and the partnership with eBay and and they mentioned one of which will be the Sports Illustrated covers. So they'll have an iconic athletes of Sports Illustrated covers NFT. Um and they mentioned that most of their NFTs will start at ten dollars each. So I'm in at I don't ten dollars. Yeah. I'm in at I mean ten bucks. Yeah, so, so this is kinda of like the mantle fifty two that we saw Tops do. It's kinda of like a, a little bit more of a um like a video uh, NFT more than just like a profile picture type thing. So, yeah. um, pretty interesting. eBay just, uh, you just don't realize like all the other stuff that eBay has going on than just being like an e-commerce giant. Um, so it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, what not shout out to what not, <laughs> they're under scrutiny as the problem circulates with wrong postage amount, uh, which yeah, is so resulting get- in postage due notes. Yeah, well, speaking of postage due notes, as you know, I got one from Tops UK on one of the F1 Sapphire boxes. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is ridiculous because we paid postage on it, I'm pretty certain, didn't we, on those? Oh, we definitely did. Yeah, we so definitely they charged us postage and then charged me more postage. So, um, But, yeah, apparently whatnot, some of their, uh, you know, because they generate the labels, obviously, for their sellers to, to slap on, as you know. Not well. And, <laughs> they do, and, not well. Apparently they're they're undercutting it where where a lot of people that are getting their stuff are getting postage due notes um, to be able to claim their packages from whatnot, which is not good. Yeah, I'm interested to see. We had a couple going to um, Canada. Oh yeah, those are getting it for sure. I'm just a little curious what is going to happen with those. I'm actually looking right now to see if it um, <laughs> if this person's going to get. Our up north mates don't yeah. don't hate us. It's not our fault. Yeah, it's whatnot. I honestly didn't even know they allowed international shipping until I bought. I went and actually packaged the stuff up. I was actually kind of surprised. Yeah, um, it's weird. But yeah, they better figure it out. Um, DraftKings, they are now tracking hot rookie cards on their site. Looks like they're just using alt data. So shout out to alt. Really like them. Um, so I think it's more of like a, uh, they're just trying to put out more content. I don't know if it's a, necessarily a partnership with Alt. I mean, they're they're obviously giving them credit, but um, you yeah. know, I mean, we definitely started it, so we were first. They're copying us. <laughs> I mean, so DraftKings has like their you know NFT um, sector as well, and I, I know Alt's you know their digital asset or um, alternative asset solutions. So, be interested to see if they um, kind of intertwine a little bit more with DraftKings than just providing. Um, you know, providing data for their articles. Um, moving along yeah. again to another GOAT, uh, 101. This one's actually 101. Um, yeah, it's this, the first ever. Yeah, this one's pretty crazy. This is the Michael Jordan um, Finals Hardwood. It's on sale right now, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a PSA 6 with a 10 auto. It, it's it's pretty sick. It's such a good look. <laughs> it's really it sick. I don't know how they got what they just shave a slice of hardwood floor off. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like think about like the cards that they put you know dirt you know from a from a game in. Yeah, but baseball. you can manipulate. 
you can manipulate dirt. You can manipulate jerseys to fit like yeah. this. They gotta they gotta cut it exact. Yeah, it's That's it's it. oh man, it's pretty neat. A beautiful auto on it too. Um, so it's from the nineteen ninety eight finals. Yeah. Oh, it's from. Oh, okay, so yeah, it's from the nineteen ninety eight finals, and the picture on it is from the last shot in Game Six to win. So yeah, so cool. they so Upper Deck purchased the hardwood floor at the yeah. Delta Center for an estimated one million in nineteen ninety nine. Oh, what a good investment um, that. So well, I mean, they're not selling this card, right? No, uh, but they're selling. They're hasn't selling been boxes. offered for public sale in the last ten years. Um. Pretty crazy. This is going to go for a lot. Um, a, a similar Jordan sold. So there, there was one with 23 copies, um, which is kind of compared to this card. And it's a jersey. Yeah. Yeah. It sold for 2.7 million um, in a private sale via Golden. Um, and then a, there was a $2 million sale. So, I mean, what does this go for? Five? I would think close to, if not more. Yeah. Someone's, someone wants this. And someone's gonna get it. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing that's absolute certain: it's not gonna be me. Yeah, no, definitely not me either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's gonna be pretty cool. I'm sure whoever gets it, it's gonna be either someone that's gonna be completely quiet about it, or someone that's going to just paste that all over social media. So we'll see. We will see. Um, I think that's pretty much it for the hobby. Uh, just a lot of crazy kind of. Uh, cards popping up and and uh, it's just a small leaf lawsuit. Nothing crazy. Um, yeah. Moving on to the sports world. So we had the Spanish Grand Prix. Um, poor Charles Leclerc had Drama. his heart ripped out from <laughs> like two thirds through the race. His his power unit just died and he just lost complete power uh, to his car. So he had to retire and uh pretty much handed the win to max or stopping um so yeah. and then carlos signs he spun out um as there's well. so much crazy stuff dude yeah, yeah. And, and lewis hamilton getting punctured on the first lap yeah. and fighting all the way back yeah he went from 19th to, to fifth place um so it was it was really until like the last like 10 laps it was it was a pretty crazy race like george russell absolute beast he was like the defense he was playing was just nuts what do, you, um, what do you think of what happened with ferrari like having having uh checo in the lead oh red bull me rebel or rebel so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah rebel um yeah having checo in the lead and then basically telling them hey we're gonna we gotta let we gotta let max and he had fresher tires too than max but we had we want max to pass you yeah i mean i get like i get why that happens like obviously it's a team sport um but I honestly didn't realize like how close, how much closer Checo was, uh, as well to the lead uh, for the the drivers' championship, and like realistically, one two is one two uh, for your team. Like you're still getting the same amount of points. Um, he was obviously pissed off because um, he he had fresher tires earlier in the race and wanted to pass Max to to take over um, Russell, and they were like, no 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 no. And then, you know, he, he's obviously ahead, and they're like, you got to let Max through. And he's like, what? Like, this is ridiculous. So, yeah. It's it a drama. Uh, but it's part of the sport. Um, we have Monaco up next. Obviously, like, yeah. probably the, the, you know, the prettiest race. Um, 
Charles is probably going to crash. <laughs> um, <laughs> Science so, is definitely going to crash. Science is definitely going to crash. Charles is probably going to crash. Um, it's going to whoever qualifies. It's very hard to overtake on that track or yep. or road. Um, so whoever you know, whoever gets P one in qual in qualifiers, uh, probably is going to have a pretty solid chance to win the race as long as their car. You does know not what die. That's the same. The same thing went with with the Spanish Grand Prix, but look what look at all the drama in that. Yeah, true. It's just there's, I mean, a lot more straights in that, but um, yeah. you never know. Just cars die, uh, so we'll see. Um, my Yankees, first of all, first team in the MLB to thirty wins. Um, yep. the World Series. Stealing signs and cheating and shit. Yep. It's easy. That's fine. Uh, Patriots did it. Uh, Josh Donaldson, he's under fire for a comment he made to Tim Anderson, calling him Jackie Robinson. Uh, Josh Donaldson, you know, is is saying that he's referencing Tim Anderson calling himself Jackie Robinson. Tim Anderson obviously did not take it that way. Um, it, I mean, it's been kind of like a 50-50 split, I feel like, online about, you know, yeah. was it derogatory or was it um, – was he actually referencing – uh, you know, him, Tim Anderson calling himself Jackie Robinson. Uh, he got Donaldson got one game suspension for it. So I just I don't know why this is blowing up. So I mean, obviously, if it offended him, it shouldn't have been said. And he, but he walked it back. He apologized. And but this is now yeah. blown up and it's a lot bigger. So. Yep. NFL voted uh, to lower the minimum percentage. Um, an owner must control from five percent to one percent, but new owners uh, still must owe thirty percent. Um. Kind of wild. Um, I know there yeah. was like those those talks about uh, Dan Snyder getting getting voted out. So who's going to pony up thirty percent? Well, this was this was meant this was kind of local to me too. I, I think that one of the teams they were referencing in here was the Bears because the McCaskies and old lady McCaskey, who's about one hundred and forty now. Um, they're looking. They were talking about looking to possibly sell the team, but maybe could get their uh, a majority of their ownership control if they can go down to 1%. But interesting. interesting. I mean, uh, the money it takes to own an NFL franchise is wild. Although I did see a stat. Did you did you see that thing where Elon Musk could buy every single NFL team, every single MLB, NHL, and NBA <laughs> team and still have money left over to start buying soccer teams? Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> That's wow. a lot of money. Uh, a lot of money. Um, yeah, inter- very interesting. The logistics of, of owning an NFL team, I can only imagine um, how crazy that is. So, yeah. Um, there are some rumors going around that Baker Mayfield could be on his way to the Seahawks. Um, I feel like that could work. Yeah. I don't hate that. It's, be- it's better than what they have right now. True. No one wants Drew Locke as their starter. Um, You're not lying. Uh, probably one of the bigger uh, football clubs um, in the world, Chelsea. They sold for $5 billion to Todd Bowley, uh, who's majority owner in the Dodgers and Lakers. So quite the sport conglomerate there. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea, the Dodgers, and Lakers. Um, so shout out to Todd. Nice little yeah. five, five bill uh, Money purchase. Money bags. Yeah. Um, Elon Musk better hurry up if he wants to catch him. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, this is pretty cool. We are going to have a uh, 2v2 golf outing. It's going to be Brady and Rogers uh, versus Mahomes and Josh Allen. I feel like Josh Allen's probably garbage at golf. I don't know I'll why. Tell you what, even if he's not, they're going to get whooped, dude. Yeah, Brady they're, yeah, they're going to get whooped. Um, 
I don't I don't know why like Josh like but then again like Josh Allen's like also like a running back, um, and like he kind of doesn't look like he's a running back, but the dude's an insane rusher. Um, are they what are you... putting this on TV? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be on. Uh, I think it's TNT has got it. But okay. Yeah, it'll be at nighttime on June first, which is what, about a week away, a little less yeah. than a week away. Oh, um, cool. I'll tell you this: a couple things that I know for certain. First of all, did you see the video of Tom Brady golfing today? He was no. doing a he was doing a partnership with whatever one of his partnership companies, and they had a drone where they were, you know, he was probably about it was a par three, about 145 yards, and they started this drone from about 500 feet back, zipping down, and they cut it right behind the ball as he's swinging. So there's oh, you no can way. hear someone say, "Okay, swing now," and huh. so they're making this cool video. He hole in one it. <laughs> the no exact way. shot. That oh yeah, my god, dude, he's like not he's not a real person. He, like, it's I'm, not. We're watching this together because I, I want to <laughs> see your reaction when Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, the stoic, you know, Hall of Famers that they are, are walking down the fairway and look to the left, and Patrick Mahomes' wife and brother are making TikToks. Oh my god! We'll have to we'll have to get Al in there too since he's the Buffalo guy. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's that should be cool. I like those kind of like celebrity golf. Uh, yeah, it's things. Um. Uh, NFL is nearing the end of their Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson investigation, um, as his accuser appears on HBO's Real Sports. Never really watched Real Sports. I know they kind of like are infamous for skewing uh, stories and stuff. So um, yeah. I can only imagine how that went. Um, not not to say that you know Deshaun Watson is innocent, but um, you, you know how it goes. Uh, obviously I wonder. I wonder of, what's going to come with Deshaun. You think he's going to get tie? You think he's going to get suspended or? Yeah, he's got to get at least six games, like at a minimum. He's got to get six games. So that's just yeah, that's weird. So are they? Get, yeah. I mean, because the rumors swirling about Baker going to Seattle. I wonder how that'll work. Yeah, maybe after Knicks. I mean, you think Baker's going to go out there and try to win for, for the first six weeks? I mean, that's, it's, you, you could argue that's the toughest division in football now. Yeah, I don't know. I think they would win the same amount with or without him, without Baker. Um, we'll see, though. Yeah, I didn't think about that playing. I guess they're they're kind of waiting on that. Um, so uh, this is – I don't think this is really going to be a surprise uh, to anyone. Uh, Arch Manning, uh, he's the grandson of Archie, son of Peyton – uh, he is the top recruit for the 2023 class. Not yeah. son of Peyton and Eli's brother. That is, uh, oh yeah, their Sorry. brother. Yeah, it's, it's yep. Peyton and Eli's nephew. But man, he he's he looks like a pro already. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching videos from when he was like a freshman. Um, obviously he's it's he's got the genes for it. Um, mm-hmm. he kind of has to be a quarterback. <laughs> I guess right. Um, yeah. So maybe that'd be we'll pretty see, cool. Maybe we'll see him at Bowman University next. Yeah, yeah, chasing chasing some Arch Manning, uh, booming you autos. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, this kind of dropped uh, right before we started recording. I, there's rumors. Okay, so Jason Dominguez he deleted all his photos, uh, Yankee related photos from his Instagram. So oh. everyone's like, "Oh my god, he got traded." Then there's like morons that are like, "Oh my god, he's coming to the majors," and then. <laughs> More logical is he's getting promoted to double A. He's on an absolute tear right now. I think he's hitting like 300 over his last like, you know, 12, 15 games or whatever. Um, yeah. But I did see someone that's part of like the Yankees, you know, PR team or whatever. So like a lot of the international guys have done this in regards to deleting photos. 
So he wasn't really concerned. I don't see why they would trade him unless it's to get Soto somehow. Um, right. So we'll see. Ooh. I mean, they don't really need to get anything right this second, I don't think. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I was going to ask you. I already know the answer because you and I are huge Soto guys. I was going to ask you would, you, would you trade Jason Dominguez if he gave you Soto? But I would trade I Dominguez would. and Volpe for Soto. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't even think twice. You see Volpe, speaking of Volpe, he's up to uh, number three now on the uh, oh, yeah, prospect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we should have touched Which on is- that a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I, a couple – I mean, I don't think there's any shocking names in there. I know Gabriel Moreno is a top catcher, which I think a lot of people were expecting Francisco Alvarez for the Mets to be. No, because um, Adley's up, right? Yeah. Well, I think Adley might still be on the list at one um, just because, like, he still is technically prospect. Um, yeah. Right. So, yeah, uh, I know like guys like uh, Luciano moved up, uh, Abrams, uh, a couple of them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's check in on our uh, our rookies here though. It's uh, mostly green from last week, but there is one red. You want to touch on them? Yeah. So, um, let's start with the green. Uh, Spencer Torkelson, who's you could argue is struggling the most out of all the new guys. He uh he had a couple good weeks, so he's up now to 190 batting average, um, 328 slugging. His OPS is up to 624, which is almost 100 points from last week. Uh, Bobby Witt creeping up. Um, he's close to the same, but he went up from 215 to 222. His OPS is at 669, so he gained about 30 points there. Uh, J Rod is just green across the board. Let's go. Uh, yeah, his batting average is up over ten points. His you know on base percentage is about the same, which is super high. He's stealing a ton of. The other thing about J Rod is he's stealing a ton of bases. That's not in here. Um, his slugging is up fifty, sixty points, and then uh, his OPS is is starting to get up into the big boy level at seven thirty six. So, yeah, pretty um, awesome. And then redlining is our boy Wander. Um, I don't think it's that big a deal, but he is on a little bit of a skid. I think three weeks ago he was he was over three hundred. Last week he was two seventy one, but he's down to two fifty five now on the batting average and two eighty three on the on base percentage, which is pretty abysmal. Um, and then he's down over almost a hundred and fifty points in OPS, down to six eighty four. So yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's he's struggling right now. He'll be okay, but he he's struggling. Yeah. Um, I still like to own a rookie auto of his when Chrome comes out. So oh yeah, yeah, those still do well. Um, yeah, yeah, J Rod absolutely demolishing baseballs. Love to mm-hmm. see it. Uh, I didn't realize how high Torkelson's on base percentage was. Yeah, it's uh, not he's, bad. he's almost at three hundred. Um, so that's that's pretty damn good for hitting one ninety. Um, yeah. so taking his walks. Yeah, they're progressing though, learning learning the majors. So. Um, pretty awesome stuff. Uh, let's rock into the high roller sales. Um, I know we touched on a couple earlier, but nothing um, too, too crazy. Um, 86 Fleer, uh, not Jordan. It's Johnny Moore, PSA 10 at 52,000. Um, not sure. If I don't know who that was. Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I looked at this and I'm like, who is she? Yeah, that's above my pay grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, 81 tops, Joe Montana, rookie, PSA 10 for 70,000. Um, little F1 action, 2020 tops, Dynasty, uh, Charles Leclerc, dual Ferrari patch auto, 
eighty thousand. Um, that's with the uh, one of one uh, super fractor from Chrome selling for two hundred and sixty thousand as well. Last yeah, week on, on auction. Um, this seems like a pretty good deal. Fifty two tops mantle BVG five point five for ninety thousand. Not sure if it's centered at all. I don't know if did you get a take a look at it? Yeah, I looked at it. It's not great. But that's more in lines of what? PSA three pricing? Yeah. BVG five point five. Or are you saying like ninety thousand? Yeah. Ninety K, yeah. Yeah. I guess you kinda have to crack it and get into something modern if you, you, know, if you want. how nerve-wracking would that be cracking yeah. that up yeah not doing that you just send that right That's... to psa to do a crossover yeah. um a luca he's still in the playoffs i think there's they're still surviving uh 2018 yeah. national treasures rpa out of 25 bgs 9 with 10 auto for 120,000. um and then a 84 star michael jordan bgs 9 for 160 so that that's weird to me. I never understood why people refer to the '86 Fleer as as a Jordan's rookie because he was in the league for two years prior to that and has a card. Yeah, I think it's just the set, dude. It's like just such an iconic set. It's yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know who who made that executive decision, but they did, and and uh, I don't think I don't think that's ever changing. Again, we say this a lot, but definitely above our pay grade. But I, I, again, I'd like to own one. Yeah, not for one hundred sixty k. Yeah, you could. I, I mean, they're definitely affordable now. Um, you know, are they? Yeah, I mean, you can get like a seven or an eight for like a decent price. Like, yeah, the gap is big. You know, when you jump grades with that stuff. So true. Well, speaking of big cards, you want to protect those things at all costs. Um, our sponsors, Collector Caps, has the missing piece that you need. Um, stop putting scotch tape on your top loaders. Um, maybe even stop putting painter's tape on your top loaders when you can put a collector cap on there. Offers 360-degree protection. Uh, looks great. Uh, we just had a mock-up sent in, right? Did you take a look at that, our new GF&F ones? Real cool. Yeah, it's sick. Uh, allows you to do basically anything. Market your company and your logo. Um, you can parallel match to the cards. Um, anyway, multiple colorways, uh, they can do it all. So if you send them ideas and stuff, I'm sure they can make it happen. So get rid of that tape, put on one of these caps, and uh, whether you're shipping the card or just displaying it for personal collection, they look great, they protect the card, um, and something that definitely will spice up your collection. So you can check them out at Collectors Caps on Instagram and Twitter. Um, shop online with them, collectorcaps.shop. Use code GFNF for 15% off. Um, we like what they're doing over there. We've got some cool GFNF ones coming that we'll display uh, during some of our breaks and stuff like that. So excited. Um, how about some massive polls of the week that would deserve one of these caps? Yeah. Yeah. And just to reiterate, the uh, the, the, the sample they got of the GFNF one is super, super dope. So I can't wait to get some. Um, yeah. yeah, some massive polls. <laughs> um I guess we got a couple, one massive pull here. Um, twenty twenty one upper deck hockey. This was pretty cool. We were we were in voice when I saw this pulled. Um, a Wayne Gretzky one hundred one jumbo patch auto. Uh, not something you see all the time. Uh, I honestly at first thought it was from an older set, um, but it's not. I think it might be from Premier. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it if it is or not. Um, but regardless, you can't complain about a little uh, 
like a, it's like a, I think it's like an NHL shield actually. Um, so pretty cool. Uh, other massive pulls. I mean, there's been so much F1 yeah. Sapphire being ripped. Um, I know rated rips pull the. I don't think we touched on this. Um, the one of one um, Sapphire Lewis Hamilton IV. So the variation. Uh, I know they also pulled an orange Hamilton portrait. Uh, they've just been ripping so much. They're just hitting monsters. Um, Give it away our secret. We have been late night DGen watching slash. Buying into some of the whatnot stuff. <laughs> I've been watching from the sidelines, but um, well, that's because you did all the work of breaking it for the first. Oh you know, yeah, that was a lot of work. <laughs> still, still waiting on our Lamborghinis. Um, yeah, for that first one-on-one pull. But you imagine if that was a thing? That would have been crazy. I know. Um, I did see a couple cool pulls this week. Um, uh, Tops tribute baseball. Um, I watched Golden Poles reposted this Ethan Sports Cards um, on Instagram. They pulled a Ken Griffey Jr. Ichiro 101 dual auto patch, which is oh, really cool. That's nasty. Um, and then I saw a this was this was from back in 1998, but it was an old video that someone found of this guy ripping open a box of Upper Deck. Um, it was Upper Deck SP Baseball. It was one of the only years they made it, but he was ripping open this box, and the box cost at the time it was like 120 bucks, which is a ton of money back then. And he's ripping it open in the shop, and he goes, he goes, that's a little lackluster as he's going through the thing, and, and gets to the last card, and it was a dual-cut auto uh, Babe Ruth Mickey Mantle. I wouldn't even know what to do if I pulled something like that. Yeah, it would have passed out. Like, yeah, it would have just, like, froze. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, the, a lifetime pull what's that what do, what do you do with because i mean this is just, before alt this is before golden this is before yeah, anywhere just i mean keep it and appreciate it yeah i guess that's, that's like literally a once in a lifetime thing unbelievable um, yeah i think that's pretty much it for for massive pulls uh some upcoming drops we have first off the line uh prison football tomorrow yeah. uh starting at 2500 I think we're all feeling like a two thousand dollars sellout. Um, I know hobbies priced at like sixteen. I think mostly. So honestly, yeah. two thousand might even be a stretch. Um, people are itching to get to get their hands on this to start ripping it. Um, yeah. And then they did load optic football today, so optic football uh, should be pretty soon. Um, I gotta imagine about eight eight hundred to a thousand dollar box. Um, so that should be on the horizon. Uh, and then we, we touched on a little bit before, but UEFA Chrome and Sapphire um, should be coming up. And then we're still waiting on Bowman Megas. But, Wait, uh, did you say Optic Football? Optic Football's yeah, loaded already? Yeah, Optic Football just got loaded today on Panini's website. Man, they're so, just going to run these things right into each other, huh? Yep. Just dump it all out. Print it as fast as we can. So Cool. We'll um, yeah, I think that's it for upcoming drops. Um, before we, we head out, we're going to switch gears um to a quick interview so we uh kind of talked a little bit with um our new friend uh ty wilson over at chasing cardboard i don't want to spoil it uh too much but uh yeah jake you have anything else or are we good to switch over no let's bring him in all right cool yep so here's our interview with ty wilson thanks guys thanks all right everyone uh this week we have on ty wilson uh, Ty is part of the Chasing Cardboard team. Uh, if you don't know who they are, uh, you, you should, and I hope you do after after this episode. Um, my buddy Alex actually sent me this video, your guys' episode one, um, 
like I think it was a, well a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, dude, these guys are gonna are gonna be big, and I'm like, I usually trust him when he sends me something. So I started watching, immediately got hooked. So, so like I said, Ty Ty's part of Chasing Cardboard. The name kind of speaks for itself. Um, group of friends. Uh, so there's Ty, and you correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, Mike, who seems like mm-hmm. he's more like the vintage guy, and then uh, Tyson, um, who's more like the prospect. Uh, just kind of looking like more like the modern modern guy in the group um and they quite literally chase cardboard so <laughs> you guys are going all over the place um from the looks of it and then uh you know hunting down vintage modern uh pretty much anything that that uh you know and even not buying you know just just to educate and and uh you know take take a cool look at at, at some neat collections that are that are out there so yeah. um yeah so yeah, again, appreciate your time. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Sure. You, you know the show and audience better than I do. I'm impressed. <laughs> We've done research. We, we love watching the videos and stuff. But they said Ty, you guys were good. They said you're good. <laughs> so, Ty, tell us a little bit about um, your background. What you guys are, uh, obviously, we had a little intro here, but, sure. you know, kind of when you guys started, when this idea popped up. It's so, yeah. it's so unique in the, in the world of sports cards and stuff like that. It's so interesting. And a lot of people are, are starting to catch on now. So can you give us a little background on how you guys got started and, and both collecting and in the, in the chasing cardboard show? Yeah. So it was a group of us that, that have worked together in the past. So I started with breaker culture. I started that podcast, you know, six years ago now and um, interviewed, you know, countless hundreds of episodes and interviewing people in the hobby had ended up connecting with some guys uh, probably about three years ago. And we decided, you know, well, let's spin up this little, you know, quote, network of, of guys and put out constant content. And we did that through Bench Clear. And we still run and operate Bench Clear. If you find it on YouTube, it's, you know, Matt, uh, Mike Moynihan, who is one of the, the most respected vintage guys, at least in the, the YouTube world. Um, Jeff, formerly Pat Geek, now works for, you know, Panini as a VP of product marketing took over Tracy Hackler's job. Oh, wow. He left and went to Panini. Uh, Matt Coleman, who's the producer and film guy, who's incredibly talented. And then Tyson Banker, who, like you said, is the prospect guy. So the, the three of us, four of us, have been putting out content for a long time and then said, you know what? Why don't we take this? Why don't we take a swing at something really cool? And we all were American Pickers fans and said, you know, why don't we kind of put our own spin on the hobbies version of, of American Pickers and that's kind of where chasing cardboard evolved out of. About that, that's funny. Ago. It's funny you say that because when we were talking about who we're having on the podcast this week and, and talking to some of the members of our group and listeners of the podcast, we were describing you guys as, you know, it's like the American pickers of the sports card world. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's exciting to see, man. That's cool. Yeah. 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 It, it's um, yeah, it, it definitely. I'm sure that's not the first time you guys have heard that, but um. You know, I'm, I'm upset I hadn't, you know, come across your content earlier because, uh, you know, I can only watch so many videos on YouTube of people <laughs> opening sports cards, uh, you know, breaks, you know, all, all that stuff. So it's it's oh, a yeah. nice, um, you know, you know fresh uh, breath of fresh air um, to, to have something a little bit different. Um, it, one of the things I think when I watched the first episode um, of Chasing Cardboard that I thought was was pretty cool was like, you know, you guys are stopping at like these antique malls, which I I've never done. And, and I'm, you know, I, I do my fair share of modern collecting as well, but I, I do like the vintage side of things. Yeah. Um, 
So I guess it's kind of just a question for you. Um, what's your preferred method to, uh, you know, chase cardboard? What do you see as, the, as like, um, you know, where do you find the best, you know, pickups or, or um, you know, consistently yeah. or, you know, finding stuff? Yeah. I, you know, I think the best, the best deals typically come through word of mouth, right? You, you don't normally find the great deals through a Craigslist <laughs> ad or a Facebook ad or even at an antique store, right? You'll find good deals, but not great deals, but it's when you, you start buying collections over the course of a couple of years. And then all of a sudden your name gets passed to a guy because he, you know, he, he found out about you or he did something with you and you get to walk in and see someone's collection, maybe someone who passed away, unfortunately, and you get the kind of the first eyes on it. Those are some of the best deals. And that only comes from just doing it a long time, right? You just build trust and you get, you get kind of word of mouth, but I mean, shoot, I think people underestimate how easy it is to throw a $50 ad in a newspaper and find good collections because the people who read newspapers these days aren't the people on Facebook marketplace, right? They're, they're the older generation that are sitting there with their coffee or drinking their beer. And they're like, wait, I got some cards in the attic. And they call you up. Like that is the most underestimated way that anybody could find a collection of cards. Yeah. That's, I mean, like for me, I do most of my business, I would say online a lot on Twitter, um, a good amount on eBay. If I have trouble selling stuff, I'll, I'll go to eBay, but I would have never even honestly thought to <laughs> to put a um <laughs> a, an ad out in the newspaper uh but that's yeah that's it's something very simple that that uh yeah it's it's genius um <laughs> i got Ty, i got a little bit of a dive into your world a year ago my first one a buddy of mine were you know going around trying to buy some collections and stuff too and we got a call from someone we put an ad on facebook and got a call from a couple that does kind of consolidation of assets after a catastrophe at a home so whether it's a flood or a fire or, or an eviction or something they, they go in and so, you know the the bank hires them to kind of clear everything out and so these this guy had a pole barn full of random stuff everything from car parts to sports cards and he said i have you know five shelves full of cards and sent me a picture of it and said, you know, 200 bucks, you, if you can haul it all away. So we went out and bought it. We found a Brady rookie in there, but that was a, it was a little bit addicting being able to go through that and kind of see what kind of good stuff came out of it. It was a lot of fun. Heck yeah. You know, it, it is a blast. You get really hooked into that world of, of always thinking you're going to find good stuff. The reality, unfortunately, is that most of the stuff out there is crap. You know, yeah. it just is, <laughs> but, but it is absolutely addicting, no doubt. It's sorting, sorting through the junk wax era to get through some of the gold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There exactly. we go. So tell us a little bit about throughout the season one, you were doing uh, uh, the code challenge. That was so interesting to me. Can you it, tell us a little bit about how that worked and, and if you plan on using it again? Yeah, you know, we, we, we didn't know how season one was going to take off. And we say season one very loosely. It's three episodes, right? A true season, I think, would be more than that. But we had to get – so. A little background. We we pitched this to TV networks for a few months before we had we released it on YouTube because we we really wanted to go straight to TV, sure. and that's how we we produced it. With that in mind, the feedback we got was, "Hey, it's it's great, but you know you're not the the audience for sports collectors isn't as big as we want. So why don't you go try to see how successful it is in the YouTube world and then maybe come back to us?" Well, I think it's checked all the boxes so far. Um, so we have a, a very very small first season. Um, 
And what was your question? The, the, the coach. Yeah. The, the, so the coach. Oh, the coach. Yeah. So we, we thought, okay, it might come across as a little gimmicky, but maybe this is a way to kind of attract more people and to kind of get eyes on the first few episodes. Right. Probably didn't need it. Honestly. We really I, don't didn't think, need I don't it. think so. I, yeah, I, I was just looking at the views you guys have and I like you can get 6,000 subscribers, but man, episode one, 85,000 views in, in three weeks. That's, that's, you know, that's no, no small feat. Um, yeah. that, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but your question about it, 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 it was really just, it's, it was meant to kind of keep people coming back to watch the episodes. We hid three different clues or three different codes in each episode. And we put out clue videos throughout the week to kind of point people back. And, uh, on Saturday morning, we're going to announce the winner. We had a uh, quite a few entrants and we're going to give away thousands of dollars and some of the sponsor money to, to watchers that, that awesome. participated. So that's great. Um, yeah. now is shifting to the hobby as a whole. Obviously yeah. we've all seen this hobby go up and down, especially if you've been in it longer than, you know, just 2020, but what are your thoughts on the current state of the hobby comparatively to where it was when you started? Yeah, that, that's a tough question. I mean, I think it, it, obviously the, the market's cooled considerably, right? Across sure. the board, high end, mid tier, low end, everything is cool, cooled. I mean, it is what it is. And at this point, you just have to accept it. I think it's kind of reverted back to being collector driven versus mm-hmm. investor driven, which sure. is probably a healthier spot for the hobby to be in. Uh, you can you can really see it like with wax and stuff, right? I mean, sealed boxes of stuff are selling for below srp in many cases yeah like that that that's that's pre-pandemic levels now um so the market has matured enough to the point where they realize holy crap this is completely overprinted why are we wasting our money on it sure yeah Yeah, it it seems like people are getting back into the you know you got to be selective of what you're doing whether it's wax or or singles or slabs you know yeah. it, it, it's a it's a thin line it seems it's getting thinner to walk here to, to be able to advance in this hobby yeah, yeah. It, it, you know um, it, it is interesting because you know i i i've always been into sports cards not at the the level that that i would say i am i, I would definitely say i'm part of the the, the, the pandemic boom but um you know it, it it for me it's it's here to stay like i've, I've really enjoyed um, you know, kind of the, the, the hunt of, of some of these cards, um, you know, sealed wax, stuff like that. It's just, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's fun to try to find older stuff that, you know, there's not too much out there of. Um, so I think, I think, you know, important piece of it is kind of finding, um, you know, your kind of like specific niche in the, in the hobby, yeah. um, whether it's vintage cards or modern. And yeah, some people, you know, a lot of people got into it to, to make money, which is, which is fine. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a, a little side hustle, um, but it, it definitely does feel like it's thinning out a little bit um, and, and getting more towards that that collector, um, you know, feeling, which is yeah. which is good. Um, I, I think it's important for it to go through cycles uh, like it, you know, it seemingly has for as many years as, as uh, sports cards have been around. For sure. Well, I think it's kind of why you're seeing vintage still kind of pop a little bit is because the the remaining folks that are still in it for the investing are thinking, okay, there is shortened supply in vintage and that's my way to continue participating. I think they're going to realize the hard way, unfortunately, that it's a very slow moving category of the hobby, right? Yeah. Mickey Mantle is a great store of value, but he's not going to pop 20% in two weeks. Sure. (laughs) Yep. 
Yep. <laughs> That's honestly, and I, kind of one of the, one of my best moves I, I made uh, getting into this is I, before it kind of dipped down uh, as hard as it did, uh, you know, I sold off a lot of modern stuff and moved a lot into, into mix, um, which I'm, you know, I'm very grateful for doing that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a different market. Um, you know, I, it's, I've learned a lot from, you know, from a lot of the, you know, the older people that I've, I've gotten to interact with, um, that, you know, that have done this for forever. Um, and it's definitely, in my opinion, my favorite part. Um, I, I love the, the, the vintage world. It's, um, it's just so unique. And, and I think people think like, oh, you know, it's just, it's just older people that collect it. But I think, uh, that's, you know, very, very incorrect. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of, a lot of younger, um, you know, a lot of younger folks that, that are big into to vintage and not just, you know, mantles, um, you know, and just anything, anything, you know, older. Um, yeah. so yeah, sure. so, so th- th- that's awesome. Um, this is kind of like going off, uh, Jake's last question, you know, about the state of the hobby. Um, but just kind of want your thoughts on, I don't know if you use any of these services, but, um, places like golden auctions, PWCC all in, and, uh, what are your thoughts on, on kind of, um, I, I guess the auction house scene, like, do you take yeah. part in, in any of that? Cause for me, I, I've done quite a bit with, um, purchasing as well as vaulting cards with, with these services. Yeah. And it's honestly has been one of the best outlets, um, I think for, for buying, um, with this dip. Cause I think a lot of people are trying to liquidate, um, yeah. and there's, you know, there's deals to be had. So just your, your thoughts on that. No, I think they're great. I mean, I, I have dealt with them. In fact, I'm dealing with heritage on a couple couple cards right now um look i mean this day and age there's just a lot of risk when you put your identity out there and you're selling high dollar cards and just the security side of it i can i can already see the benefit for so many folks thinking i don't want to be associated with this type of value in a card it's risk my family you know i get that like here for that reason alone i think an auction house is great yeah so i we Let's let's transition. Let's do a couple rapid fire questions for you, based on what you do and how you do it. Um, we'd love to know what's what's your bad. You may have to think about this, but what's your biggest find? You would say something that uh, maybe either highest dollar amount or most shocking thing that you didn't expect to pull out of a collection that you found. Um, yeah, well, so I've been doing it for quite a few years, but during the chasing cardboard world, um, and unfortunately it hasn't been on an episode yet, but I came across it, two really good collections in the Northwest. One was an insanely good Mickey Mantle collection, like 48 Mickey Mantles, Ooh. including a 53. <laughs> oh, uh, and I, I, it was, it was an older guy who just wanted to get to cash. He was like, give me cash or a tractor. Or, or ammo. I was like, well, oh, didn't bring that much ammo. Trust me. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it valued, I mean, it was just an insanely good collection. And I, I paid him a very fair price for it. Went and did comps for it and paid basically 60% of book on mantles, but they were raw. And sure. a couple of them came back and graded like five, sixes and sevens. And it wow. just was oh, insane. Wow. And then came across one that was um from a guy who had stored this collection from his brother who died like 10 years ago up in his attic, saw my ad in the newspaper again to the newspaper point. (laughs) And I came over there on a rainy night one night and he pulls them down from the attic and he lays them all out for me. And he's like, and this guy, his brother was like super meticulous. And he's like, my brother, you know, 
we didn't see him for years. He died. He left these to me in my will, in his will. And I go in there and I had like 20 minutes because it was pouring down rain and his wife and him wanted to go to dinner. And I'm already seeing like multiple Jeter SPs ungraded. Wow. And he's like, I think there's a Pujols rookie in there <laughs> autographed. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I was like, Hey man, I, I was, I brought $2,000 in cash. It's probably worth a little bit more than that. I, I'll write you a check for five grand. And, and I, I actually thought I was overpaying at the time, but I, I felt like it was fair for him and considering sure. what was there. Um, he's like, are you kidding me? Like, that's amazing. I, I was thinking like 500 bucks. I was like, Oh, well, here's five grand. So I take the five grand. I go home that night and my oldest son and I start digging through it. And there's multiple Albert Pujols autographed rookie cards, like wow. 10 plus, oh, um, multiple Jeter SPs, an insane amount of tops, Tiffany, multiple Tiffany sets from 87 to 90, uh, 91, uh, unopened sealed. And, I, I text the guy back the next morning and said, Hey, uh, this collection was better than I expected. I want to send you some more cash. Just FYI. That's why I'm sending it. Um, I've still been waiting for cards to come back graded. It's by far the best collection I got outside of the mantle one. It's it, pools. Couldn't have, the timing for pools. Couldn't have been better. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. That's, that's those awesome are once in a lifetime finds. Yeah. That, that's really awesome that you even reach back out. Like I would say, if one percent of people would have would have done that, so that's uh, that that's really awesome. I mean, I mean it, obviously he seems very appreciative of of the original offer, but uh, um, yeah, I mean that's <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's really really sweet. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So obviously you guys are kind of like all over the place um, in regards to you know, like location it, it, throughout the show. Um, yeah. I guess for you, what's the the farthest distance you've you've kind of traveled to, to buy a collection. Is it within uh, United States or have you gone, you know, out of the country to, to, to pick up some cards? Um, not out of the country yet. We'll probably end up going to Canada. That's where Tyson is. And there's some collections up there we want to see. We, the farthest I've driven with a U-Haul has been 12 hours, uh, but we've had multiple flights. I, I we're planning one to go see a couple collections in Washington, DC for, for me, like, from Idaho to Washington DC is going to be quite the trip. Um, so yeah, we're, I think we're at, we're at six States so far now and we have a two straight two two state trip planned for, uh, two weeks from now. It'll be pretty good. So awesome. Yeah. I, once the drives like over three hours, I start looking at flights personally. So <laughs> 12 hours in the U-Haul, I would have been like, I, I can't do it. <laughs> well, shoot, man. Like you, at a certain point you have like with the U-Hauls and like the, yeah. the cost of flights. Now you, you start running the math. You're like, That's, dang it. I have to make this drive to make it work. That's true. It is. It is pretty dang expensive to, to fly right now. So unless, um, unless your uh, unless your collection goes flying out the back, I saw, I, I saw a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't fun. That wasn't fun. <laughs> Um, yeah. So another kind of like personal question here. Um, if you had to pick like a, a either a couple just, or called a Mount Rushmore of, of sports cards, um, what would you put on that? Um, the 52 mantle, of course, no brainer, uh, sure. for me. Uh, I would say Jordan's like, I would want a precious metal Jordan, a high grade precious metal Jordan. Okay. Um, maybe one of the flare showcase, Kobe Bryant rookies. 
my my favorite sets are like the 96 97 ultra for ultra basketball i love the stadium club like beam teams from 92 93 oh, yeah. like that type of stuff is my era and i gravitate yep. towards that so maybe not as high dollar value but means a lot like nostalgic wise yeah yeah usually people i feel like people just go like super old with the cards, obviously the 52 mantle, uh, just cause of, of how iconic it is. But yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm not too big into like modern basketball, but like that older basketball, the bean team, like any of those inserts, like the, the jambalaya, like those are just such, such sweet cards. And, uh, I kind of wish they, you know, I know they're kind of like bring back some of that stuff. Um, I know like yeah. the precious metal gems and all that, it, it kind of saw a big spike, um, in the market, but yeah, some awesome choices there. Uh, do you have any players that you PC? Like specifically, or you kind of like have like a, a little bit of variety. Yeah, I do. I PC uh, since I've grown. I mean, as a kid, I've PC David Robinson for the Spurs, Drew Bledsoe for the Patriots. Those are my two kid icons. Uh, okay. But I'm a Mizzou Tiger fan, so Michael Porter Jr., Drew Locke, uh, Jordan Clarkson, all those modern day cards I, I collect, and the kids collect. We're a big Royals family too, so a lot of Royals. Bobby Witt, you know, nice. the, the boys collect yeah. those guys. So we love some Bobby Witt around here. Oh, oh yeah, it's Bobby Witt. He can't not like Bobby Witt. Right. Uh, are we gonna get a, Are we gonna get a little Drew Lock bounce back season this year or not? <laughs> I'm actually staring at a Drew Lock card I picked up last week, uh, <laughs> thinking that there's a there's a bounce back coming, hoping that there's a bounce back coming. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Awesome. I hope. So, we we appreciate you spending time with us. We'd like to we'd like to get to know you guys even more. Are you guys gonna be? Um, are you planning to be at the national this year? Yeah, we will. So at least half the crew will be at the national. Um, so Mike, Matt, and likely myself, and probably not Tyson, but yeah, we'll be out there representing. We'll have you'll we'll have to have you show us how to chase cardboard inside that big room. And <laughs> yeah, I'm not much of a runner, but uh, yeah, but yeah, neither am I. But we, we'll yeah. be able to maybe pick up some of the crumbs you guys uh, you guys leave behind. <laughs> yeah. You just need to follow Mike Moynihan around. He's one of the best <laughs> negotiators at shows I've ever been around. He's he's incredible. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Well, tell us uh, real quick before we wrap up. Tell us. Uh, what to expect for season two coming up for chasing cardboard. Yeah. So season two will be six episodes. Uh, it'll premiere mid June episode four or episode one of season two, however you want to look at it and it'll be strong. It's, it's probably more so focused on the going into garages and looking at collections than the first season was. So there's a lot more of that. There's a couple, uh, there's a couple situations we walked into that were a little sketchy that we were able to film <laughs> that I can't, I can't wait for people to see because it was like That's awesome. pitch black at midnight meeting a guy. We're like, this is not good. Like we should just turn around. <laughs> but we end up spending until you know, 4 a.m. one night on this one collection with this guy. And it, it was just, it was pretty fun. So there's some really neat stories. Awesome. We look yeah. forward to it. Can you, uh, can you tell us where to find you um, social wise and, and websites so we can uh, we get the listeners uh, plugged in? Yeah, so you can go to chasingcardboard.tv for the website, um, and you can just type. Well, be careful when you're typing in chasing cardboard on YouTube. There's a yeah, I found that out today. Right, chasing <laughs> cardboard butterflies. I think it's about helping understand what pornography is about. Yeah. We didn't think that through when we came up with the name. That's for sure. <laughs> you'll see chasing cardboard, and you'll see the collection stuff. That's uh, that's on YouTube. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> awesome well ty again we appreciate you uh taking some time out of your day and yeah, thank uh, you. yeah we're seriously you know looking forward to hopefully connecting uh at the national and uh i think what are we at like 60 days or so about two months till uh till that kicks off so um yeah again appreciate it and uh we will talk to everyone next week 
All right, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks man.